Part 4, Chapter 6 of Beyond by John Goldsworthy. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Simon Evers. Part 4, Chapter 6 The curious and complicated nature of man in matters of the heart is not sufficiently conceded by women, professors, clergymen, judges, and other critics of his conduct. And naturally so, since they all have vested interests in his simplicity. Even journalists are in the conspiracy to make him out less wayward than he is, and to dip their pens in epithets if his heart diverges inch or ell. Ron Summerhay was neither more curious nor more complicated than those of his own sex, who would condemn him for getting into the Midnight Express from Edinburgh with two distinct emotions in his heart. A regretful aching for the girl, his cousin, whom he was leaving behind, and a rapturous anticipation of the woman whom he was going to rejoin. How was it possible that he could feel both at once? Against all the rules, women and other moralists would say. Well, the fact is, a man's heart knows no rules. And he found it perfectly easy, lying in his bunk, to dwell on memories of Diana handing him tea or glancing up at him while he turned the leaves of her songs, with that enticing mockery in her eyes and about her lips and yet the next moment to be swept from head to heel by the longing to feel Jip's arms around him, to hear her voice look in her eyes and press his lips on hers. If, instead of being on his way to rejoin a mistress, he'd been going home to a wife, he would not have felt a particle more of spiritual satisfaction, perhaps not so much. He was returning to the feelings and companionship that he knew were the most deeply satisfying spiritually and bodily he would ever have. And yet he could ache a little for that red-haired girl, and this without any difficulty. How disconcerting! But then truth is. From that queer seesawing of his feelings, he fell asleep, dreamed of all things under the sun, as men only can in a train, was awakened by the hollow silence in some station, slept again for hours, it seemed, and woke still at the same station, fell into a sound sleep at last, that ended at Wilsdon in broad daylight. Dressing hurriedly, he found he had but one emotion now, one longing, to get to Jip. Sitting back in his cab, hands deep thrust into the pockets of his Ulster, he smiled, enjoying even the smell of the misty London morning. Where would she be? In the hall of the hotel waiting? Or upstairs still? Not in the hall. And, asking for her room, he made his way to its door. She was standing at the far corner, motionless, deadly pale, quivering from head to foot. When he flung his arms round her, she gave a long sigh, closing her eyes. With his lips on hers, he could feel her almost fainting, and he too had no consciousness of anything but that long kiss. Next day, they went abroad to a little place not far from Fécamp, in that Normandy countryside where all things are large. The people, the beasts, the unhedged fields, the courtyards of the farms guarded so squarely by tall trees, the skies, the sea, even the blackberries large. And Jip was happy. But twice there came letters in that too well-remembered handwriting which bore a Scottish postmark. A phantom increases in darkness, solidifies when seen in mist. Jealousy is rooted not in reason, but in the nature that feels it. 
in her nature that loved desperately, felt proudly. And jealousy flourishes on scepticism. Even if pride would have let her ask, what good? He would not have believed the answers. Of course he would say, if any out of pity, that he never let his thoughts rest on another woman. But after all, it was only a phantom. There were many hours in those three weeks when she felt he really loved her, and so was happy. They went back to the Red House at the end of the first week in October. Little Jib, home from the sea, was now an almost accomplished horsewoman. Under the tutelage of old patterns, she had been riding steadily round and round those rough fields by the Linhay, which they called the Wild, her firm brown legs astride of the mouse-coloured pony, her little brown face with excited dark eyes very erect, her auburn crop of short curls flopping up and down on her little straight back. She wanted to be able to go out riding with Grandy and Mum and Barin, and the first days were spent by them all, more or less, in fulfilling her new desires. Then term began, and Jip sat down again to the long sharing of summer hay with his other life. End of part four, chapter six.